Alicia. Hi, my name's Alicia. Yeah. And that's my friend Laura. <laughs> We're going to do this podcast about things that you don't like to talk about. That's right. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the long pause. Um, we've been kind of out of doing these for a while uh it's been about a month but we're back with uh two new guests um we have dawn and tentacle with us uh today and we're going to be talking about uh gosh what alicia what's a good way to describe this episode uh i think maybe individuals who are living life with some not i don't want to say handicaps but Different capabilities of navigating relationships. Yeah, relationships and sex, right? Yeah. Which is part of most relationships, not all, but most. I think this is probably going to be one of the most paused interviews because a lot of people, including myself, and have, me, yeah. have no idea what, have no idea really what this is. And I think it's going to change some people's minds and hopefully give men and women and our listeners a open dialogue and then understanding of, holy crap, this might be going on with me. And now I have a term that I can Google because yeah. I learned today we're getting a term. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. So you guys want to introduce yourselves, um, tell us uh, pronouns, sexual identity. Yeah, sure. Um, my name's Dawn. Um, 25. <laughs> Female. Uh, like the uh, male persuasion. <laughs> of the heterosexual <laughs> persuasion. Um, basically, oh God, what would we identify as ourselves? Sadomasochism, <laughs> Bas- basically. It's okay. kind of the basis of both of us, I would say. No, that's very accurate. Uh, I go by Tentacle Bounds. It's a photography handle that I've had for a good minute. Uh, 29. Uh, I guess bi would be probably the easiest way to describe it. Um, and then, yeah, no, our relationship's based around sadomasochism. Entirely. Okay, you want to kind of explain to us what that is exactly? A lot of people. Basically, we like beating the shit out of each other, and, <laughs> that. and that, that is what gets us off, as okay. far as that's concerned. I would say he's more the masochist side of it. Like, if you had to put like a gauge on both of us, and it was like fifty-fifty with like sadomasochism or with like uh, sadism and masochism, I think he would be more like seventy-thirty. <laughs> I think he'd be more masochist than you would be sadist, and then I'd be the other way. Uh, that works, though, right? I mean. I mean Kinda. It just depends. I just if it's top, a physical just, or mental place. I just top a lot. That's all it yeah. is. We both do. That's what we do. Okay. So how's, how does that work? Do you guys um, top other people as well? Are you monogamous, non-monogamous, poly? Um, yeah, we don't really... We, we've discussed this a lot between ourselves. We don't top each other. Like, no one in our relationship, no one's beneath or above one another. Okay. And then our relationships and, like, BDSM and kink and play kind of goes beyond us. Um, I know you have been poly in the past. Yeah. And I don't have an issue with that um, at all, but I would never seek it out a partner outside of him, really. But I do have partners, like, play partners. Play partners, like right. They don't, yeah. And they don't involve sexual contact. No, none whatsoever. No, just physical contact. I think we had talked to some kerosene and cane. We haven't released that episode yet, but um, something that we talked a lot about with a lot of people when it comes to kink BDSM, like everybody assumes it's all this like crazy wild sex going on. It can. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's not for us. (laughs) Right. I mean, it depends on the country you go to because westernized kink is a little bit more toned down than it is, like, say, in 
Japan or Germany, Germany. Or, or anything of the sort. Sweet. But it, it, uh, Sweden's another big one. Yeah. Um, even Korea now. Korea's gotten yeah. a really interesting kink scene from what I've been told. It's getting there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, we, I, I, te- I play a little bit outside of our relationship, but nothing sexual. Okay. At, at okay. all. Yeah. So you're sexually monogamous. Yes. Yeah. That would be the best way to describe it. Yeah, okay. definitely. All right. And so monogamish. Monogamish, yeah. Monogamish is, a, is yeah, the word for it. It's a blend. It just depends, I guess. If it's just she an aspect of me and you, then it's kind of a monogamy kind of way as far as, like, sexual aspects goes. But if it's going outside of play with, like, um, my play partners, if he's in a poly family at all at one point in time, or if he has partners, then no. So, kind of yes and no. It's <laughs> <to> both sides. <laughs> it's just... It, it's not as complicated, usually, if I'm... Yeah. She'll have her submissives if she ever if she ever gets them. I'll have people that I play with. Like okay. Pretty straightforward. Okay. So you mentioned that neither one of you ever top each other. No. So when you two play together, mm. how does that work? I don't. She goes. It's either she goes up in the air, she spins around for a little bit, and she comes back down. It's a, there's no there's no power exchange. It's like okay, she okay. can she can fight me back. That's the premise of that. Okay. She can. If, so if, it's more of a give and take while things are going on. Pretty much. Okay. If if she starts getting if 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 I start poking and prodding a little bit too much, she can turn around and just go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I would never do that, by the way. <laughs> that would be very extreme. But yeah. would I like to? Yes, yeah, someday. It, it'd someday. be very hot. I mean, sorry, getting cold cocked in the face is just like, well, I mean, well, now the scene's starting. All right. Yeah. <laughs> reset my jaw. I feel like a lot of us. It's kind of strange for other people to understand, but a lot of kind of what goes on for me and him, I guess, to say, like, what gets us off is kind of a lot more conversation-based mm. and intellectual and psychological. We, t- we have a very strong communication system. We talk about anything and everything, as uncomfortable as it can be and as easy as it can be, and we get along really well in that aspect. And then... We didn't really have a sexual relationship for a long time. <laughs> okay, so you... So it went from being a playmate and then into a sexual relationship? No, or how did that cross? Okay. Um, initially. It, it took us a while. Actually, he a, hated me when we yeah. first started. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's a funny story. <laughs> he hated me. Uh, not so much hate. It was more of a... <laughs> like there, there, there were red flags that I, that I wasn't even willing to like cross. It's just oh. like, uh, <laughs> yeah. this doesn't sound like a good idea, Isaiah. You, uh, you should kind of like slow the fuck down. So how did the two of you end up becoming an item? That was an interesting. That's an interesting one. So we ended up taking a walk on was it New Year's Eve? New Year's Day night. Yeah, New <laughs> that makes sense. New Year's Day. In January first in the evening. Uh, we took a walk and we just sat and we talked and we had gone to. Gone to the river walk and we were just talking, and I had come back from New York after a good minute. We reconnected because at first, when we first met, I, I ghosted her. I was with somebody when we first met. Mm-hmm. I was like in a partnership with somebody, and then it was very toxic and very bad. That ended. <laughs> and then she and then she she contacted me back, and we ended up talking. We kind of. What do you want? Kind of figured out exactly like okay what was the issue why weren't we why wasn't it clicking at first and it was like well there was a lot of things that you were you were trying to check off that weren't resonating with me so I was like I'm just I'm not gonna do it mm-hmm. now be it as it may you had a, you had a little bit of a bad experience that kind of like 
shock the system and was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be jumping in headfirst into all these things. And it's like, okay. Does that have to do with the, the kink BDSM type stuff that you were jumped into and um, weren't prepared? Or? It wasn't that I jumped into it. Like, I've, I've been looking into it and I've kind of been involved in the scene since I was like 19, almost 20. So okay. this is like going five, six years for me now. Mm-hmm. It was more that it was kind of almost a new category okay. for me. And that I, I write about kind of BDSM and like people's personal experiences and stories and everything and I was kind of going into almost like a personal study for myself and being a bottom for to somebody and being almost a submissive of somebody and it did not work out <laughs> it was for our listeners can you explain what a bottom is yeah when um if it's like MS which is master slave DS dominant submissive um top or bottom it's basically being in control of the situation at all times, I would say. Is that kind of a good one? Uh, a bottom is... One having the reins, one, one pulling the cart. <laughs> That's kind of sometimes what I say. But in, but in a healthy relationship like yeah, that, no, the it's, bottom it's really has control. It's consensual on both right. sides. Like somebody is like willingly giving up their power. They're giving up um, their decision-making almost like to a right standpoint. But it's negotiated in what you want to give and what you don't want to give. Right. To be correct, the, the bottom would have this control over the situation. Yeah, I would actually say that more. That yeah. submissive slaves, bottoms definitely have more control sometimes. So for our listeners, Fifty Shades of Grey, like we have talked about <laughs> over and over again, is wrong. It's, it's so totally wrong. wrong. That is not an accurate portrayal no. of the community. It's a very wealthy version of it, I would well, say. Well, I think there's there's been a lot of memes out there that have you know shown a nasty trailer in the in the woods, and it's like, if somebody that lived in a place like this and had no money acted like Christian Grey, we'd all call him a predator, you know. Yeah. But because he's a rich guy, I've watched them all. Too. Rich, handsome guy. <laughs> I know I have too. I kind of tried. I was like, I just kind of I need to see what it's about. So, so uh, after you guys had this relationship and things became sexual, how did that dynamic change for the two of you? Well, for your for me kind of with like my health standards like we kind of have our own with it and we don't really get a lot of people like I guess when I'm going to say this a lot of people merge sex and BDSM and this mm-hmm. but we separate it and it is very separate in our lives but it, is, it has to be yeah for us because if we go to events or if we go to play with people we do not want to have sex with you <laughs> at all <laughs> like, we're just like no no thanks and for us, strangely enough, we kind of have a sexual tension sometimes. So, and that's even been really recent too for us. But sexual tension with each other when you're in a scene. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. Or with others. So just between us, like throughout the day, it's like okay, well, okay. she decided we didn't to work. To <laughs> she she used to, she she dresses up. I dress up. It's, it's become it's become. At first, it was a joke. Like who can who can make the other go? Oh shit. Oh, I won. Of course you Twice. did. I won. <laughs> I won once. I won once. I won that night too, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a wash. No, but uh, yeah, it's it's been very new, kind of having like um, a physical, like sexually physical aspect in our relationship, and it's been good because with me, like I've been like for the past year or two now, I've kind of been like going through ovarian cancer, and that okay. I haven't been able to like feel or experience or like get off on like having just sex with somebody that doesn't do anything i would rather you be 
crying and bleeding out, and that I would get off on that a lot more than anything else. <laughs> For those of you who are not in the studio, Tentacle is taking notes on his <laughs> hand and sticking them in his non-visible pocket. So you have been going through this really scary life yeah. event while also trying to maintain a sexual, personal, and play relationship. So how has that changed the dynamic between the two of you and your play friends? Is it something they all know, or is it something that you've kept to yourself? Well, your partners know your stuff. Well, my partners will... I don't have any more because I ended because removed. I, I kind of like dispersed all that. Um, most people that I come into contact with or that I play with, I, there's a very it's a big detail. It's like, well, maybe that we could have sex. Nope, not happening. Sorry, not not doing. That's not your partner. That's not your to me it doesn't really build any kind of relationship or partnership you don't get to really know somebody or at least I don't get to know somebody the way I want to know them I want to know like your fears like what are you scared of what are your motives that, that feels more intimate to you than an orgasm yeah, yeah. okay I really just experience it around people <laughs> I get off on that one more than anything else okay okay kind of seeing the physical repercussions of people and it's a lot more it is physical but not in a penetrative way like, you're not having penetrative sex with somebody. For sure. It is very physical. For sure. Well, and you guys obviously are a heterosexual couple. And so much of... I know, right? So, so, much of, so much of the heteronormative sexual encounters are seen as PIV, penis and vagina, penis and vagina. That's what's focused. Uh, and you've mentioned you're going through ovarian cancer, but kind of had always had maybe of a lower sex drive, yeah. but a high intimacy drive, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, That's actually very accurate. Um, and then Isaiah, oh, sorry, I used your name, forgot. Edit. <laughs> we can it, we can it, edit it, it, that out. Yeah, I know. Um, um, but uh, so tentacle, you said that you mentioned to us that you also have some. Um, Physical limitations. Physical limitations that would limit maybe some experiences with traditional PIV in a standard heterosexual relationship. Uh, yeah, um, limiting is a very kind word, but yes. Um, the, the term or the actual disease is, uh, not even disease, it's a disorder. Um, is, uh, so for women, it's sexual anatomy. For men, it's ejaculatory anatomy. The inability to feel your ejaculation. There's no sensation whatsoever. There's no feelings of an orgasm at all. Period. I've never had one. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you what it was. Right. Like, you don't know what you're missing, exactly. right? You're so like, like, I don't. It seems normal missing. to me. Yeah. And then, then it would probably explain all of the hook suspensions and scarifications and the masochism. It would probably explain that. You, so you think there's a direct correlation to you not being able to experience something that a lot of people do, the release of endorphins, the, you know, all of the chemical things that happen during an orgasm, you have never experienced, but you've been able to, been able to find that through your BDSM experiences. Mm -hmm. 
it's, it's, it's even even if I have to sit here and look at the most recent uh, scarification, there was not a lot of endorphin. I, I felt everything. And it was like, because usually at the at your adrenaline will kick in. Right. And you start getting that nice enough kick of dopamine. Right. It, nope. No, uh, no, you felt no. It felt no satisfaction. Don't get me wrong. It, it, I, I enjoyed every minute of being cut into, but it was, there was not that endorphin release. It was, it's not, it's not going to happen. Interesting. Well, and you mentioned that for a lot of, a lot of times you actually like to be the one inflicting the pain. Yes. So. Uh, I'm actually, I'm actually a top a lot more than I am a bottom, which is sad. Would you like to be a bottom more? I'd like to be hit. Who doesn't like to be hit? (laughs) Yeah. They don't have proper training or. I mean, I would agree with that. I've, I've mentioned a lot that I feel like being a top or a dominant is so much more vulnerable than people give give it credit right you know when you are releasing power that means you're also giving up your experience to someone else and they have to fulfill you know the these these things within you whether it's pleasure fear excitement but you also have to do it in a way that is safe sane and consensual right and and, and that's the biggest issue with me is that i also have 70 i also have nerve damage on 70 percent of my body so there's like, I, there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting nerve ending issues that I got. Hands. hands. I also have tendonitis, so these two fingers are completely useless. But that's from rigging and not taking care of myself because I'm a moron. Um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's that. How has it been received with other partners when you tell them? Yeah, I can have a problem with it, but I've, I've heard the horror stories. Yeah, but you're doing that thing with your brain called logic. I know. Yeah, sorry. Mm. <laughs> uh, not very well. I've had a lot of, of, I've actually had a good number of my relationships end because of it. Because it, there's, uh, I, apparently there's this thing about not getting your partner off. Mm. That's really just that gut-wrenching feeling for some women. I think that goes for both genders. Yeah, I, I, I feel like there's so much of our own, uh, what's the right word? Um, I mean, we're in our head. Our own, I, our own identity and... Uh, and what our, our idea is of what it feels our good self-worth, to Our self-worth, a lot of our self-worth within a relationship. Absolutely, and what society has told us is this is how you end a sexual experience. You must get off, you must have pleasure, you must be able to feed that back and forth. And if it's not physical, the mental aspect of it is not, that's not something we're taught that you can get off mentally, you can get off physically, and they don't have to be one in the same, or sometimes you might not get off at all. And I think that's the struggle that a lot of partners feel, oh, I'm not good enough, I didn't get you off, I don't understand. Yep. That, that has caused a number of arguments, I can't tell you how many arguments that has caused. Yeah, sometimes even physical. Physical, oh, yeah, with both of us. Like, and with mine, like, like I don't have sex with you. Like, most of, most of my partners have been like, I really don't want to have sex with you, honestly. And, and that's well, a big thing. Like, oh, yeah. Because you still want to have sexual encounters. Obviously, you two have a sex life, right? You yeah. have, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, and you can ejaculate, right? I just don't feel it. Just that, don't feel it. That's, that's, that's the scariest thing is because I... I don't have any kids. I, I, I'm surprised. Is that oh, giving you a thought process? Like, have you thought through the process of getting a vasectomy since you don't have that 
that I bodily. Had, there was there was a big there was a scare that I had a while back. Really? Yeah, where it was. If I don't have if I don't have a vasectomy, it could turn something could go wrong. Do you want children? That is a conversation that comes up occasionally, but it's it's. Been, we just vaguely talked about yeah. that recently, actually. It was an idea. It's, <laughs> it's an idea. If if both of our, because I've been told I was sterile. Because of this, okay, right with you. I was going to ask with what's going on with yeah. you right now. Anyway, okay. A lot of drugs when I was coming up. Okay, okay. So with the anhedonia, right? Is that what it is? Yep. Anhedonia. So I did a quick Google search, and with the International Society for Sexual Medicine, they explain that uh, experts believe that. It occurs because of a problem with neurochemicals inside the brain. And like you said, dopamine, that is what they feel is the cause. Um, and they don't say whether it's a lack of dopamine, but it they explain that patients receive sexual stimulation, but there's a disconnect between the sensational part of the brain that recognize that sensation as pleasure. And you were saying that even through um, your BDSM life, you still don't feel that do you still not feel that pleasure or does that pleasure come through differently or is pleasure just completely out of it's almost completely out okay because like, i know every time i've every time i've been i've been hit i've been pierced like i will feel the initial pain but there's like i know i want to enjoy it i know i like i know i want to there's that want like i'm doing it because i want to and i know i want to have this fun but at the same time it's just like it's it's not there it, 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 interesting so it's like almost something you're always trying to reach for but can't quite grasp it's just out of your reach you understand the idea of it but the actual feeling of it you don't understand yeah, because I've, I've always been into pain i know that for a fact I, I, when i started reading into kink and started looking into it it was always this excites me this is this is something that gets my gears going so but it's more mental for you it sounds like it depends because there's two different instances that i was told that could have caused it it was either a botched contact when i was a kid or a very bad mental trauma so okay one of the two they okay. do not think that it was in utero they they never ruled that in. they never put that in okay so. have they discussed like pharmacy ways to fix it because i mean the internet says there's a lot of pharmacological ways to change this but have you tried any of these mm, i've tried the alternative methods okay um, a lot of it was hence why there was a lot of heavy drug use when i was growing up. and it did not help at all no what about with with the drug use you know if there's a, a problem with the dopamine and pleasure from you know basically from touch to your brain right um, did drugs treat you any differently than they would maybe somebody else? Like, did you not have as much euphoria when you took certain drugs or? Certain drugs became more, actually it was the opposite. Um, so with MDMA, which is the easiest one to kind of, that was, that was the, that was the main drug of choice for a while. Um, it helped me feel that's the problem, but there was still a disconnect. I only tried having sex in it once and it didn't go the way nothing worked no one tells you that yeah well it's called the blood drug your stuff don't work all right so you just couldn't get an erection couldn't get the erection and there was no there was no pleasure so it was just that again there was that disconnect it was like it was almost there 
uh, it was something's missing. Something's missing. Interesting. A lot of the internet says that this is the hallmark of massive depressive disorders and things like schizophrenia and antisocial disorder. And that's just a quick search. Do you believe that you fall under this like introvert versus extrovert when it comes to your sexual pleasure? Are you introverted all the time? Are you extroverted all the time? Because as just I'm quickly reading about this, it's fascinating because like four articles already have four very different ideas outside of what the Sexual Medicine Institute says. The Sexual Medicine Institute makes a lot more sense to me, but then you start just doing these other counseling programs, doctors, a medical journal that I don't have never heard of, say that it's an impairment that is the hallmark of massive depressive disorders. So do you feel like you're massively depressed and that's the issue? Or are I mean, you like, I, no? Does, does hating oneself consistently con- causes depression? I think that's just more of a millennial thing at this point where millennials are always like, just like, oh, I hate myself, I want to die. Ugh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it's very bad. What would you think? I, I, introverted as far as like sexual things are concerned, like, like it depends. I think it depends with you because there's people. I've I've seen how he reacts in crowds with strangers, with people he knows, and people he's been introduced to, and um, with people that you know and you've kind of played with them or you have a partnership level with them, you know them very well. You're comfortable around them, and you can be very extroverted. You can talk and talk and talk and not shut up. And then <laughs> there's people. Same <laughs> I know. And there's people that when you're introduced to them, you can kind of be a little bit more standoffish, a little bit more introverted, kind of like nice to meet you, move on. Do you think that has to do with your, the way that your body produces and receives pleasure and your inability to feel the actual ejaculation? Because it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me that those two would be the reason why you have this disorder. Because that's what the internet is trying to tell me is, oh, well, if you have this disorder, it's because you are severely depressed, you have schizophrenia, you don't know how to make friends, you have antisocial behavioral uh, issues. Like, it, you're very personable. Yeah. And I, I, I can talk to just about anybody. I can get into just about any social situation, regardless of types of people. Like, being in Japan, you'll, you'll learn how to get into certain circles. And being here, being in the king scene, you'll learn how to adapt to certain circles. Um, do you feel like you're constantly adapting then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. we've changed a lot since we've met. We've changed. Yeah. Too. I, I, it's, you have to. You have to, you have to adapt. You have to change the, the times. You can't be stagnant. Right. You, new things happen. New people are entering the scene. People are leaving the scene. There's, there, there's constant change that you have to adapt to. Right. And you have to change every year. I've definitely changed since I've started kind of my journey with it. He for sure has, and we definitely have over the year that we've known each other. So, I think, have you found that having something like this, there are, again, so many people think that there's so much sex that's going on in these kink BDSM scenes. Everyone's half naked. Everyone looks, you know, yeah, yeah. But everyone, everyone is dressed half naked or naked, yeah, provocatively and all of these things. But when you really start talking to people, you're finding out there's not nearly as much sex as you thought going on there's a, there's a lot of talking there's a lot of negotiating there's a lot of right there's a lot of really great energy and maybe even intimate and sexual energy and openness but that doesn't necessarily lead to sex 
And so have you found that for both of you, you know, that finding people that are more accepting, is it easier in the kink scene than in the like normal everyday boring world? Not for me. Not for you. No, the people, I, it goes back to the same thing where people that try getting into my life and that's why I, I can appear standoffish in certain regards to certain people because people have sat there and looked at me and told me that's not a real thing. They, I, I can get you off. Mm. I, I can, I can oh, please gosh. you. I'm like, don't, don't, don't. Like some people like saying like, oh, I, I can make her straight. I can it, make her gay or something like that. I can switch that, that both sides. Right. I mean, Chris of Venus, right. some, some people have the mentality that they can get anybody and everybody off. It, 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 it's a thing and no, it's not. Like, I, He's the first one to make me have an orgasm. Is that weird, knowing that for someone who doesn't experience pleasure, to be able to reach that with someone who doesn't always want to have a sexual relationship with people? It was shocking. Yeah? Yeah. It was, it was just like... How old were you when you had your first orgasm? Two months ago. Wow. <laughs> a month ago? Two months ago? I mean, yeah. that's huge. And being a 25-year-old woman, not only going through some health issues, but being someone who enjoys being part of the BDSM community and never reaching orgasm in your own personal life. I find that, I think that's amazing. A lot of women don't reach orgasm and they feel like they're inadequate. So did you ever have that, that thought of, oh God, like I'm not, my body's not good enough or my body's betraying me? No, I think I was very like arrogant at one point in time. Like, ha ha, you can't get me off? Yeah, not like that, but like that I was able to at least accomplish this for my partners, but Usually, like, I know in a lot of aspects of a relationship, women don't always get off in a sexual encounter. And that's not the big idea, is getting your male partner off, typically, in a heterosexual relationship, at least. Yeah, again, so much of your self-worth within that relationship is kind of tied to yeah. being able to do that. Usually a lot of women, though, they don't get off when they have sex mm -hmm. with their partners, mm -hmm. their male partners, typically. And so that, that never was, like, a big thing in our relationships, except for a couple times, and they kind of, like, they, they felt more, like, confused, like, you know, I feel bad, I can't do this for you, and I just kind of already accepted it at this point, and I was like, oh, it's not really a big deal, I don't really care. Like, <laughs> but after it kind of became a reoccurring thing, and they're just like, no, this is a problem, there's something wrong with you, there's nothing wrong with me. Right. It's just kind of the way I've accepted it. I know there's far bigger things that are beyond just having an orgasm and sex that I enjoy and that I like and that I can carry out and have a stronger um, relationship or connection with my partner. I, I think that's something, you know, we want, I really want for the audience to hear yeah, for sure. because there are so many couples out there that are struggling and they're upset at each other. Mm -hmm. They're unhappy with each other. They because step out of the relationship trying to seek it on the other side. Right. Just because they've forgotten what sex should be. Right. And, yeah. and se orgasms necessarily aren't the be and be all end all to, to a sexual experience, especially in long-term relationships. There are going to be health issues and, you know, all kinds of things that you might have to, switch gears and if your only reason for having sex is to have an orgasm you're gonna yeah. be miserable you're gonna be miserable yeah it's gonna be endless and very sad <laughs> yeah yeah when you are um tentacle when you are experiencing things in day-to-day -day life is the pleasure also gone just in simple tasks like biting into a really awesome piece of fruit or buying something that you really want 
Because pleasure goes so much farther than just sexual. Um, The only real thing that I get, I gain pleasure from is probably, what, like, clothes and cooking? (laughs) Video games? Yeah, Uh, that's about it, but even then it's like... I I feel like I can, like, control everything in his life if if I dress up really nice around him. Like, if I get, like, a really nice, like, pencil skirt that I got from you, like... (laughs) And that does that spark pleasure in your mo- in your brain? Does that give you? It, it gives me it gives me the fact that it's an attraction. It's it's definitely an attraction. It's like there's there's a certain lifestyle. Like okay, she's dressed up really nice. We're cooking for you. It's, it's that there's there's a certain feeling there. It's like it's it's homely, but the pleasure is still it's really hard for not there. I'll enjoy it's... I'll enjoy a glass of whiskey. I know I should be in getting gratification from a single glass of whiskey and putting it away, but it's like. No, we're going to pour another one. We're going to pour another one. It, it, it's almost like a very weird form of gluttony. Hmm. I think pleasure for you would be like me like <laughs> digging my thumbs underneath like your collarbones or like cutting off air supply. Removing your finger. Remo- <laughs> removing things. Like that's when it kind of starts getting. That's, that's our heavy stuff. Do you think that you need to have a visual to tell me, okay, I'm, I know I'm supposed to be having pleasure because I can see what would make other people experience this this thing called pleasure mm-hmm. okay. I, I can uh, I, I, very simple rope rope is something almost universally loved in the kink community it's also universally hated in certain regards yeah. um rope is a very very basic thing for people it's it's a starting kink usually it's the, it's the gateway right kink um yeah but everybody that i've tied loves it does that bring you I, I know pleasure's not there, but does that bring you something that says, okay, I did this, they enjoyed it, they're satisfied with what I've done? Does that bring you at one point a did. smile? At one point it did. And then it, be, then it turned into this, I, it became like a hollow thing. It's like, okay. I'm doing this so damn much that it's become pointless. Yeah, I've been working on that. Yeah. So have you given up rope for a while? I gave up rope. I saw at, at first it was my, the injury that kind of started was my tendonitis. Um, it was in the middle of a performance, and my hand gave out while I was suspending somebody during a, during a fetish ball, and I had to fix my hand while holding somebody that was a little bit heavier than me with my teeth because I couldn't hold the rope. With your I didn't hand. hold this person up, so I had to shift everything and like, all right, we're done, and then. It just, it got worse. So, like, all right, well, I'm going to stop suspending. And then it just turned into, I'm not going to do rope today. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not going to do rope for a month. And it turned into a long time. And gave it up all the way until I met her. So, normally on this podcast, we talk a lot about sex and relationships, but don't, like, actually talk about sex a lot, would you say? Like, the act, the act of sex, right? It's all wrapped around there. So this one might be too personal. We'll see. I'm going to go there. Like, you mentioned you had your first orgasm. Like, was there something different that he did compared to other people, mentally, physically? Like, what was it? I want, I'm want. i just so curious. I mean, I guess you're just, like, hitting it, right? Yeah. 
Well, let's, and that's uh, something else we should mention. I think it's like 70 to 80% of women don't have orgasms by traditional PIV sex or something be inserted and just like pounded the fuck out of in their pussy. Like that's just not how work, sex works for most women. So women should never feel guilty about if they can't get off during traditional PIV, which is a problem, you know. Mm-hmm. Whatever you Right. Well, the clitoris and the clitoral tissue is so fascinating. We mm-hmm. still don't know nearly as much about it as we should. Is there a lot of um, talk during your encounters? Because obviously some of it sounds like some of these things that you would want to have done to you or do to someone you know is not something you maybe could do, you would like to. There's a, there's a fantasy element, right, yeah. when you're talking about... There's black fantasies and there's fantasies. Right, right. Black yeah. fantasies are, like, I guess for people that don't know this, <laughs> black fantasies are things that are very unachievable. Right, right. And yeah. fantasies are things that could be. Right. There's people that do have fantasies of actually killing someone. Would they ever really want to do it? No. But there's something that gets them off. Uh, what is it? Is it vor? Is that what it's vor. called? Vor. vor is, yeah. is, the, is, the is that something that you guys have talked about at all? Yes. yes. It, so it, do you both? Yeah, yeah. So you both have a vor fantasy. Yes. Right. Right. I mean, I could. I could. Yours? You want me to tell mine? I mean, I can tell both. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is this. I'm getting interested now. All right. So I guess my 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 fantasy to do to somebody else would be to basically drug them, take them out to the middle of the woods, have it the area quarantined off, have an area, an area that's cut out so they can be they can be buried afterwards, and let them run. Just let them run. Everything there's traps everywhere to where if they step wrong way, they're hunting. Get, hunting. Hunting is a very okay. That's basically that's the first thing we talk about. When yes. We met each other. Yep, that was the first thing. Uh, that was actually the thing I tried telling you to scare you the fuck off. It didn't work. <laughs> clearly, clearly not. Oh, I mean, and, it's <laughs> all captured, and if I capture them, I torture them, fillet them, remove all their tissue, and leave them, bury them alive while all of their nerve endings are still firing off. I think. What's really interesting is this is I think this is going to be hard for some of our mm-hmm. listeners to wrap their brain around. Mm-hmm. The heavier, right. But but I think that there are, there are a lot of people out there again there's a difference between fantasy, fantasy and reality, you know. The v- fantasy of this gets you off, turns you on. It, it definitely turns me on. Yes. Right. But it doesn't mean that you're going to go out and fillet the next fillet person, the next person you meet. There's, there's, there's some laws. <laughs> 
I really, I, 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 I'm not pretty enough for jail. So, yeah, we're going to stay out of it. Well, and even if, like, all things considered, if you could make this happen, it doesn't mean that it's going to actually... There's a lot of people that have fantasies, and even more more vanilla, very, like, low-level fantasies, and they're like, I masturbate to this all the time, I talk about it, and then they do it, and they're like, oh, this is not what I... This is not what I pictured in my head, you know? Um, so, a lot of these things can be very similar to that, too. Like, you understand that, like, again because of all kinds of things you can't make that happen but i can understand too why for you an orgasm was was able to happen because you you've never probably really been able to let go fully mentally you know if you have these things and you've never really been able to say them in a safe place where someone wasn't going to reject you or run for the hills or run for the hills i think it was more like it was a shock aspect that it actually happened because like I know there's something else that's wrong physically health wise that would probably prevent that from happening but it was more just like holy shit this is a comp like this can be accomplished now was it earth shattering around me possibly (laughs) he was more shocked than I was yeah I was like you don't usually do this and she was like and turned her face like, yeah, I, I was like, like, oh, I was like, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about it. Shut up. Stop talking about it. It's like, all right. Yeah. Uh, so it, it was definitely more of like a shock value that it happened, but it wasn't like, I wasn't happy that I, that it happened, though. You weren't? No. Why? It, it, to me, it wasn't really significant or hmm. important to me. There's way stronger things in our relationship that I value and that I get off on than just having an orgasm. At this point, you've kind of grown accustomed to not having it, so. Yeah, I've grown accustomed to it, and there's, once I felt it, I was kind of like, hmm, all right, it's okay. <laughs> Is it not something you've tried to achieve again? It seems like if it happens, it happens, but that's not the goal. Right. So, so masturbation for either one of you, younger, was that ever a thing? No. I tried it once, and nothing happened. Nothing happened. No. So I basically, it turned into like I was bleeding at that point because I was like, oh, "Something's supposed to be happening." Yeah. So you and just kept trying, and it just nothing happened. Like, all right, well, I'm gonna put that away. And just Interesting. Again. And for you? No, I mean, I've I've done it. I've I mean tried lots of different things, but right. doesn't I don't get off on anything. I've like researched it, like when I first kind of started like hitting puberty and everything, like. Now, what's a G spot? What's your clitoris? You know, what can you put in your vagina? And what can you put in other orifices of your body and, like, to get off? And, like, you try, you try, and just nothing happens. And you're just like, shit. Right. <laughs> broken. Something's broken. It's not me. And we, we can both relate to that. Both of us are not big masturbators. Mm-hmm. Never have been. Can't get off. Takes um, forever. Takes forever. Pointless. So we just usually don't do it. I mean, for we've me, we've never done it together. No, <laughs> no, no, no. We we we've always we always said to like, well, if you lost your arms, you really need to get off. Like, I get a big pole and like flick your bean from afar. The one real that fast. they the one that they use to pick trash up when you go yeah. to detention, and you're like, oh yeah, I'll I'll do that for you. Yeah, yeah. something. You know, if we had to. Um, but I just think, sounding as if, like, oh yeah, we don't, we do, yeah, we don't do that together. That's not, but we've had these conversations, you know, and I, I think, I think for both of us, probably a lot of it is it's, there is so much going on mentally yeah. for us during a sexual also encounter mentally. Yeah. In those encounters. And for us, it's like, I don't have another person that there's a connection with. So like, sorry, you, you're not working. Right. 
Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I can relate to that feeling of like, eh, I tried that and I don't get the hype, you know. But then when when we had our teenager in here talking, you know, about about sex and stuff like that. And she I mentioned. I still get the heebie-jeebies. Oh, yeah. Ugh, look, yeah. I got chills. Yeah. <laughs> it was way too much. Well, well, just like talking openly with a teenager about, you know. Her pleasures. Just, yeah. Masturbating. So, but, but when we mentioned we don't masturbate, she looks us at us and says, you've had sex, right? Like, you know this feels good, right? <laughs> she she could not relate. Yeah, you know, so, and I'm sure that, I mean, with, with you in particular, Tentacle, it's the same thing. People, like you said, just can't wrap their head around. It's, it's always a very interesting point of contention. Right. It's just like, you've never what? Right. You, you ejaculate, right? That's coming. Like, that's the thing. I don't feel it. They're like, oh. It's like shooting a gun with no recoil. That's the best way I can that, see it. Okay. You shoot a bullet, but the gun doesn't kick back. Right. So you can, but erections, do they, that's, they're pretty common and that's more of a physiological response or is it more of a mental response? Do you think? Well, you know, a lot of people, even they've said men that have been raped or molested, you know, their body responds mentally. They don't want to have an erection, but someone touches them, they get an erection, right? Whether you find pleasure in it or not. If you're touched I, a certain way, similar. it wouldn't be strictly physical. Like it has to, it, a lot of it is mental. Okay. Like I, a lot of it's very visual too. Like if I see something that, if I see, well, I'll use her as an example. If I see her, and she's doing phlebotomy or anything like that, or drawing, like, blood. drawing blood or anything, it's like okay, that's that's actually really hot. <laughs> or if I talk about like drawing his blood or like doing anything, he's just like, okay, thanks. Okay. And and again, physically just looking at someone you're attracted to, that will give you an erection um, sometimes. Up to the nines and everything, or? You're an exception. <laughs> yeah, for either of us definitely. If we're like getting dressed up and we look really nice, I'm just like, damn boy. Like yeah. <laughs> just like, let's go or something. But um no, Most of it's mental. It's mental, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes visual. Okay. Not a lot of auditory. Okay. Uh, not even when she's talking about fantasies that maybe yeah. will be in the realm of something that you're into that that will not cause an erection or it would? Um, it, it's, it's 50-50 at that point. Okay. Because sometimes it listens. Sometimes like, oh, by the way, we know that's something we like. Right. We're a full mess. Other times like, are you alive? Yeah. Right, right. What about you when it comes to, like, feeling that those sexual energy and 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 wanting to maybe interact sexually? Do you have certain things that work for you? I feel like it kind of happens, like, at random times. Either, I don't know why we get off on it so much, just dressing up and loving, looking good for each other. That's, like, one huge one for us. But for me, like... We woke up one morning, and I was just like, I don't want to go home right now. And I just kind of, like, rolled over on top of them and just, like, did you think? happened. Right. Like, there was no, like, arousal or, like, turning on or anything. It was, like, 5.30 in the morning. It's like, it just kind of happened. I mean, I think as a woman, I've noticed, I don't know if you're on any sort of, well, and it's different right now with you're probably going through your ovarian cancer and stuff as well, hormones and levels and all kinds of things. But I had my tubes removed about six years ago. And so I'm not on birth control, and I'm just on my normal, like, female cycle. And I will notice all of a sudden 
That's when I'm all like, I've been on Tinder all week this week, like swiping. And, you know, and then I realized like, oh my God, I'm ov ovulating. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm like a horny hot mess. And I was like, it's, it's not me. It has nothing to do with me. It's like my body just doing what it's supposed to like naturally would do in the wild, I guess, you know? So I wonder, you know, that could be part of it too. You know, women are. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can get it like three times in one month, or I can get it like once a year. <laughs> it's strange. It's up and down. It's weird. I never know what's going on or what's happening. Right. Some days, like, there's just some days I'm just like, I don't feel good today. It's just like, I just want to crawl in a hole and just not do anything. And then there's like some weeks I'm just like, I feel like I want to pop a little bit. And mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. Tentacle, when you figured this out, did you figure out through a doctor? Were you talking with other men who may have been experiencing these things? Right. And then to right. follow that through, do you have a community of men and women that you can talk about this with? So I found out when I was 23, uh, and it was uh, 23, 24, and it was someone mentioned something. I, it, like, okay, that sounds exactly like what I have, all right? I had to go to a doctor. Went to a doctor and was like, hey, so I think I might have this. What are your thoughts on that? And this is my other practitioner that I've been going to for a while when I was going back, back into where I'm from. And he's like, you know, that's the one thing we never tried. We never checked for. Like, let's do, let's do a couple tests. And sure shit, that was the issue. You don't have any, there's no correlation between you getting off happens to your brain it, you don't have it it's not there how do they check for that uh mainly neurological tests okay scans of the brain you can only do so much i've, I've been working in a lab for a while now <laughs> and there's only so much that you could do with blood and blood testing um, yeah, basically. You, you can see testosterone levels um you can detect um with like male vital organs like in a prostate with like psa tests and levels in that and that can coincide with it or if you're looking for a certain release of a chemical in the brain, sometimes that gets you on blood, sometimes it can't. That can only do so much, but it's primarily scans of the brain, a lot of talking, a lot of doctors. When you found out about it, did you share it with people immediately, or did you kind of hold that in? I, I, kind, of, I kind of went into forums with it for a little bit before announcing it, because I was like, this is something that has been plaguing me for a while. I was like, I now have a name. There's not really a cure, and I, I need some time to kind of process it. So I sat down and I, I talked with a, a couple other people that had it, men, women, just to kind of see where they were at. And some of the men that I spoke to was like, well, they had achieved orgasm before, and like they've had it, and then all of a sudden it stopped. Others, like, same as me, never achieved it. Women, same thing, never achieved it. It was always painful for them, and it's like. That all of these, all, all of a sudden, all these boxes are checking off, and you're just like, oh, goodness. Was there ever any that, like, didn't, like, have it at all, and then it just started happening? Mm -hmm. There was there was a gentleman that was 42, and normal life up until a certain point, and the certain point was his wife dying, and it just stopped. Like, he couldn't feel anything. Oh my god. And then there was others where it was it was not an instance in their life, it was like it was a medical issue. So there's there's this there's this 
debate on forums where is it either psychological or is it medical? Because yeah. there's no real way to sit there and go, okay, is it is it literally just because your brain, uh, you, all the synapses in your brain are not firing properly, or is it a medical issue, like overinflamed prostate is a good one, or testicular cancer? I mean, there's a number of things. Low levels of testosterone. Do you have friends here in the area that have it? How rare is it, actually? Do you know any it's research on that? It's pretty rare. Yeah. yeah. I think it's one in every 50, 60 thing. I thought it was 50. Yeah. I think it's one every 50. And I think it varies, too, if you're, if you're like him, and it's never been a thing or an apparency to be able to actually feel an orgasm, and then for some, um, it just suddenly stops. They're able to have an orgasm, and then it suddenly stops or reverse that I wonder how many people that um, identify as asexual mm-hmm. might have more of something like this. It's a possibility. I mean, yeah. for, a, for a good long time, I thought I was asexual because there was no drive. There was mm-hmm. no want. I mean, now and again, yeah. And some asexual people do get aroused. It's, that's mm-hmm. the thing. They just don't act on it. Mm-hmm. It's psychological, and I think it's choice. Yeah. How, how much you really want to try and push it and see mm-hmm. if it's really this or not. Right, right. Or if you just want to accept it. Yeah, the treatment for it. There's, there's one treatment that's it's not very fun. What is it? It's a, essentially they attach a tens unit to your spinal column. Like they actually attach an electrode going all the way up to the base of your spine, all the way back down, and it comes out of your back. And it's a little control rod, and you turn it up, and you shock your nervous system. <gasps> Prior right. to going into like a sexual experience, yes. or all the time. It depends on how much you want to do it. So if for someone like me, it would be during sexual intercourse. Shock the nerves during sex to see if you can achieve orgasm. Can you do that? I, I was just about to say, like, this sounds terrifying to me, but what I know about the two of you now, it's, she, she might be like, can I, have a, can I have a button that I can press on your back while you're on top of me? Yeah. I'm having weird, like, visuals of him on top of you, and you're just, like, pressing this button, and he's, like, shocking on top of you, and you're like, yes! Have you thought about trying it with just an over-the-counter TENS unit or asking the doctor for a prescription TENS unit that is a higher decibel? I've read it. Yeah, no, nothing? Nothing. Wow. I, I've actually attached a, I've attached one directly to my pelvic bone while my uh, while an older partner of mine was on top of me and turned it up. Nothing. And just convulsing. That's about it. Hmm. That, was that fun for you in a different way? I mean, the TENS unit was enjoyable. <laughs> it. Like, it sucked after it passed, and it was fun. Right. But that's about it. Like, right. There was, no, there was no O at all. Right, right. Wow. There was just a shitting grin on my face. It's like, oh, this actually is enjoyable. Sure, the pain, the stinging. I have a TENS unit for some neuropathy, and I have one that, like, connects to my ears, and it's weird as shit but i was talking to another veteran and he was like oh yeah i put it on my balls and all that. <laughs> so we we're actually we 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 call my partner uh, otter yeah on on the because if he was gay he'd totally be an otter oh, okay. um yeah so um but i we've teased i'm gonna come borrow it and stick it on his balls yeah 
Um, we always allow our guests to have a moment of pure pimping something out. And so is there anything as a man who suffers from this very odd, very unknown, not very manageable ailment to someone who is very much in the BDSM community, is there something that you would want to say to those men and women who are listening who are finally realizing holy shit, I have whatever that long word is, and a de- anodemia? What is it? Ano- uh, for women, it's sexual anodemia. Anodonia. It's a jackass for anodonia. So um, there's people now who are like, holy crap, like, I know what this is. Do you have anything to say to them? Get checked, honestly. Okay. Hear what you can. Talk to your therapist. Talk to a doctor. How do you bring it up to your doctor? I brought it up with, like, so I talked to a therapist and I talked to somebody and there's a, there's a couple of things that I would like to get tested. I'd like to see if I can get my, I, I need to get in, is it MRI? For what? Brain scan? Yeah, CAT scan. CAT scan. To see about if there's anything that's not, that's not connected properly. And. Like the, the synapses, yeah. like in your brain and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. MRI. MRI. And then any type of, um stress test on your nerve endings. So, ask for that because I have, this is what I think I have. And then how do you bring it up to a partner? Do you have any advice for that? Like explaining it to Yes. Uh, that one's a bit more, that one's a bit more difficult. Um, if you were ever in a situation and this has been an issue, talk to them immediately. Be like, look, this is what's going on. It's, it's, I can't stress enough, it's really not you. This is something that I need to go fix. That's also really hard, though, because when I hear that, I, you know, it's me, not you, people instantly become, wall, 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 oh, wait, it, you're really saying it is me, and you're just taking it to not break my heart. I think, I think it's just like anything else, um, I think there's that happy medium, right? Maybe it's not something, depending on who you are and what kind of relationship you're getting into and it, I think it's very different within the BDSM scene and some of those things if you're if you're a vanilla person and not into those things maybe you don't say it on the first date but you definitely say it by the second or the third definitely by the second or third because you know at least to lay it out there and Right. It doesn't mean it's going to be well as well received, but at least you can say it, right? Then they can make the decision, yes or no, this is for me. Um, I definitely think it's easier in, the, in that aspect, yeah. yeah. Uh, but in another world, oh God, no. Yeah. I, I, I wish you luck if you're vanilla and going through this because it, being vanilla and dating is you, you have to find things out eventually, and that's the problem as opposed to laying everything out. Mm. Throwing all your chips, throwing all your cards, be like, this is what I got. This is something we've talked about, too. We want, like, more vanilla people to pull things from the BDSM and kinks community because there is just so much more openness. And we think, we both have talked that we think that individuals who are hetero or within the LGBT spectrum that are more vanilla, if they were to take on some of these ideals, they would have more happier and healthier relationships Mm -hmm. because they would know exactly what their partner does or does not want. And their partner would know the same for them. And there would be, I just think there'd be a lot more harmony and happiness. Yeah. And the kind of the standards, not really the play, but. Right. Right. 
And communication is key. And here at the long pause, that is the biggest push for us is to make these conversations more open and uh, I, I don't want to say viable, but easier to approach and have that communication with because some of these things are very scary. They're very hard. Not many men are going to come out and say, I don't feel you giving me a blowjob, but I know that it brings you joy and I'm going to let you try and have that. But after a while, it's going to hurt and we've got to stop. Like those are things that most men aren't going to talk about because it makes them feel emasculated. And I'm sure for women, they're not going to sit there. Most women fake it. We've come to that. We've talked about yeah. a women yeah. fake Have their orgasm. Have you ever faked it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so many times. <laughs> You're like, can we be done? Yeah. I don't. I've only faked it once in my whole life. It was actually a couple years ago. No, like yeah, a couple years ago. Um, but I always said like I don't want to perpetuate negative behavior. Like, you're obviously not doing so. But, but I have gotten to that point where I'm like, um, I'm kind of done here. Like, yeah. this isn't working for me. And they're like, huh? And you're like, no, really, get off. I'm done. Like, this is over. <laughs> yeah, some people just don't take, like, no. It's just like, yeah. Well, that's the answer. They want to see a result. And you're just like, eh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope, I hope that's how you, I hope that's how you did it. Because then you know these guys are like, website forum something to google that our listeners could go out and find to find community uh, the easiest one that i found on the reddit our sexual antonium okay sexual antonium it's a little bit dead a little bit you can still post and people will still respond i know i respond to a lot of gay people that come out there's not a facebook group yet no i'm surprised not an instagram like twitter expensive. handle mm -hmm. <laughs> they've been cracking down on a lot of yeah stuff. Yeah, yeah, you can't. There, there's. Yeah, that's unfortunate because I think this is something that is a lot more prevalent than anybody is giving any credit for, and I have a feeling that more of our asexual friends, our listeners, our guests, I think that once this airs, I think I hope our asexual guest listens because it seems that there is a lot more to some of our guests than what they might have ever known because. Who the hell would have thought that this was a thing? Yeah, you know, I, I was, I did. I got a kind of excited, which I felt weird about when you sat down because I was like, "Oh my god, this is something that I've never heard of yeah. at all. This is going to be good." You know. Absolutely. They can still orgasm and they can still feel that and have those con contractions, but sometimes they just don't have the urge to, or right? Or they want to at all. So I feel like it can play for that side if you're asexual or you have kind of a non-drive for any kind of sexual or physical motives, but it could definitely be a lot more separate than that. For you, ma'am, for women who are going through some really deep health concerns, I have some family members who are going through um, some breast cancer scares, cervical cancer things. I have people in my life who are going through a lot of different surgeries right now with their female anatomy. And it's scary. It's hard to get back into sexual relationships or feel loved, desired. How do you speak to women who are going through some really life altering health issues when it comes to your own sexuality? not to let it bog you down like don't feel utterly useless in that you literally can't go back to what you were I never wanted to go back to what I was I wanted to improve from it so even though I couldn't achieve like an orgasm or like just saying having regular sex with a partner 
I wanted to move beyond that. It's like, what else? Well, what can I do? Since I can't do this, like, I'm not going to bring myself down. You know, what can I better myself on? And kind of explore a little bit, you know, look into some saucy, nitty-gritty stuff, you know, things that can get you excited that maybe you weren't that interested in. And kind of just try and keep a positive aspect and not relay on what you can't do, but what you could do. I think that's awesome. I think that is such a great way to end this because so many people think that if I can't do it, I'm not good enough. Yeah. But you, (laughs) you say your female identity is so much tied into, especially the female reproductive system, right? right? Whether it's your breasts or being able to have children or, you know, we're told that that is part of our purpose and that's not true at all. It's really not. We are so much more than being a baby factory. Yeah, and I right. think it's beautiful. or or sexually desirable for men, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's beautiful that you're able to expand your mind into what also can get me to achieve something that I feel is beautiful and me and is my identity that yeah. doesn't have to be the end of an orgasm. And I hope that the listeners also gain that same pride that they can be better with or without it if they feel like they can't get there because we like you said we're so caught up in tits ass and vag and if we're not part of that culture club making babies then we're not good enough but you are good enough and you've told everybody that and I think both of you have such an amazing story that it should be told over and over and over again and more men and women should feel comfortable and confident with saying I don't achieve these things but I can still achieve something that doesn't have to be what the textbook says is the only thing that we should have. Yeah, life's too short <laughs> to really think about that. It really is. Life is way too short. Pick to up a whip, pick up some skills, burn some fire play. You'll, you'll have far more fun with that than yeah. your dick or vagina on something. Play some video games. Play some video games. That's right. Learn how to cook. Learn I mean, how to I'd cook. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's awesome we learn, learn new things and life's too short ne- never just go down the negatives always try and find something new find something more fascinating more exciting something you can improve on make it a hobby make it a career it's amazing that you can sit here and say keep growing yeah and don't stay stagnant because you've said that multiple times and it's amazing to just continuously hear someone who's 25 say that we have so much more space to grow and you can be so much more than x y and z so thank you thank you very much laura you got any final questions uh i think i don't i don't think so i i really liked this episode though like i i'm sure after this i'm gonna have so many more questions if you ever want to come back and if anything changes between your dynamic or yeah i guess i think you know what there's one i'm curious about like what is the breakdown as far as like um the S&M and the like romance sex portion hmm. like is there is there a breakdown there like we're very romantically inclined yeah, yeah. That, that's, hopeless romantics that's okay like about a 90, 90 <laughs> to, it's disgusting oh, well, I think that's really, that's really beautiful to hear too because you were just talking we were just talking about vor and like right. hunting someone and filleting them and blood and like all these but then you're like but I love you I know me too um but it but it you know to also hear like you're just these cute little romantics that like blood we love cuddling on the couch and watching anime and looking for each other and if he's sick or if I'm sick taking care of 
care of each other. Oh, I love that. That's, That's great. <laughs> you know, it's absolutely disgusting. Um, I love it. You know, I think on January 1st, we're actually going to be doing our anniversary where we're walking down the Riverwalk again. Aww. Yeah, that's how disgusting it is. Yeah, you, I oh kind of, I might have, I might have thrown up in my mouth a little. That's fine, I did too. It's okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I want to, I want to meet y'all after that event and just sit and listen about how it's changed in a year mm-hmm. and how, like, taking that walk, that, a walk, you took a walk mm-hmm. and then a walk became this and now you're going to take that walk again and that is so damn beautiful i know i know, just really got chills i love that we like to relive things yeah not relive the like separation and no, the, the part is we had to go to japan though that was awesome <laughs> that. i like the happy memories like we like to go back and cook a, a, a dish again like do you remember like, you know, when I almost caught the, like, kitchen on fire, like, last time we did this, or... Aww. There was a rat running by you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right in front of us when we were on the river walk, and I, like, ee! I did, like, a really high-pitched squeal, and he loved it. He yeah, I mean, it jumped in the river. Oh, I almost jumped on top of him and jumped in the river. Oh, I love that. <laughs> but we, like, reliving some of those I, Again, it speaks to, like, the dichotomy of the human brain, yes. right? Where you have this woman that's like, I want to beat you senseless. Oh, my God! <laughs> you know, it's just it's i think i love that i love that about people that there's there's so much complexity to every person you know and every brain the journey is beautiful and i think that seeing a a journey that can have these really dark spots that aren't they're not like negative right but they're dark fantasies and things that you want to do with each other or playmates it's just so beautiful to see those that side of a person do have a complete 180 and there's this like really beautiful soft part that a lot of people don't get to see because they watch things like Fifty Shades of Grey and that's not real. Right. Or the guy, there was just um, a couple years ago, you know, he was arrested for having four fantasies. He was a police officer. Yeah. And... uh, You do. You do. But, But there's a lot of people, when you do hear of cases of these people, all you hear is all this crazy shit. But you don't talk about how, you know, maybe they're a parent and they love their kids and they're part of the PTA and they're doing all these wonderful things, but they secretly have some things they like to talk about. Like, there is so much complexity to a person. Yeah, yeah. So I'm and glad we, also, we get to talk about that. We also don't get to talk about the fact that we're still animals. And yeah. we have this evolution and then there's some de-evolution, but we still, while people think we're at the top of the food chain, that lion would annihilate us. And we're probably a few steps below him, but we are just like him. And we don't talk about it because yeah. for fear that someone like that police officer will go to prison for having a conversation with his work coworker about what he fantasizes about. And then all of a sudden, oh my God, this person is the mass killer who we've been looking for for a decade. And it's just crazy because we still have, we're still animals at the end of the day. And I think that plays into the fact that a lot of us have to be very quiet about what we Right. Like especially as far as kingsters are concerned, like we have to just not say anything for the fact that if we if we have a certain job, mm-hmm. we can get blacklisted from this job. Or if you were a military member, mm-hmm. there's a lot of places you can't go mm-hmm. as a military member or service member because half the places 
requested. Yep. And if you owe it to them, that's what you're going to work off of. Temple is one of them. Temple is one of them. Mm-hmm. And also there is a there's a place out in Shinjuku that is also blacklisted. Actually, all the Kabuki shows tend to be blacklisted for military members. So, step foot in there. Someone sees you. Right. But you know it's funny? I know some of the most amazing military officers who have graced the doors of Temple while yeah, I've been like there. Very higher ups. There's and they look at you like, oh, shit. Yeah, we're not talking about this. I know some of them. Yeah. Yep. Hi. We're not speaking about this. Have a good day. You can be Mammon Sir on Monday, but today you don't know my name. See you. Yeah, that's right. Mutually assured destruction. That's what that's called. I want to thank you both again for coming. And if you ever want to come back and if things change or after that walk in January has happened and you want to share the last year, please come back. And if you find anything more out about either one of your conditions and you want to share it with the audience, please do. And if you're going to be at Temple and other places, and you might see our confessionals standing up, come confess some things. Yeah. So That's in the works. Uh, that's in the works? Yeah. yeah. Right. That should be uh, I was going to say, what? Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like Catholic church. Or it will yeah, be. Yeah, we, we've just said, uh, celebrate me for I've lived, yeah. and then you get to say whatever your confession is. Awesome. Yeah. I just want to listen. Yeah. And they'll be they'll be posted right after. So thank you again so much. I've learned a lot. I can't yeah. wait to go and and dig my little work brain into this a little bit more and find out why and where people can get more help. And hopefully we get to learn more from y'all in the future. So thank you. Thank you. Come back. And yeah, y'all are awesome. Thank you.